Welcome back, Giants fans. It's been a while since we've made a Giants video. June 23rd is the last time, which is, that's over a month ago. It's August 1st, so that means we're getting close to football. We're probably like five weeks away from the first game of the season at the Titans. We're getting there, but training camp's underway. Some storylines have come out. Some trends have been going on. We're going to talk about it. There's a few questions to answer at the end of the video. Thanks for those who asked the questions. So yeah, we'll talk about the state of the Giants and what's going on. Hope you guys enjoy the video. Leave a like. It always helps out. And let's get into it. So let's start with a simple question. What are the vibes so far for the offense and defense and the entire training camp? And we'll start with the entire training camp. I think that Brian Dable so far has been pretty encouraging. And I think this is only through videos. It's not like I've been at practices. I know fans have been at practices. I wish I was able to be there at training camp. But seeing Brian Dable and just how loose they are as compared to what they were with Joe Judge, I think a lot of us fans, myself included, thought that Joe Judge being a hard ass was going to be a good thing. But I think Brian Dable is that perfect mixture of like just kind of being like there for the players, being a lot more personable and like a good teacher at the same time. And Brian Dable is not afraid to yell when he needs to as well. So I think he's the perfect mixture as compared to our previous coach, who was more of a robot and liked to make guys run laps and kind of treat it like it was a high school team. And look, we thought it was going to work, most of us, but that was not the case. But with Brian Dable so far, I have been encouraged. I know with, you know, the Giants and their head coaching luck in recent years, we probably should not expect anything good, but I have a good feeling about Brian Dable. I just hope this is the one. So the offense, speaking of Dable, he's, of course, part of the offense. Mike Kafka as well. The Giants, by the way, have not decided who's going to be the play caller, so we'll see what happens with that as the preseason and whatnot goes on. But with the Giants offense, there have been reports of the offense starting out slow. There's been reports about Daniel Jones not looking that great. There's been reports about sometimes the offensive line doesn't look great, but we're used to that. And I'm not really that worried about it, honestly, because this is a completely new offense. And it's not like the Giants from last year are going from one hard offense to another. They went from Jason Garrett, who runs like his 2002 style offense, very simple, not complex, to this Brian Dable offense that I'm sure is way harder to understand than what the Giants have been doing in the Jason Garrett era. So I am really not concerned about it right now. Um, I am encouraged, though, by what I'm seeing with the play calling. It seems like there's a lot more emotion. Daniel Jones taking deep shots. There's more running lanes for Saquon Barkley and it just seems like there's an emphasis on getting the ball in the playmakers hands like screen passes they'll have Wandale Robinson in the backfield Kadarius Tony in the backfield you like seeing that stuff so I'm very excited I just don't know if the Giants have the talent offensively to be a great offensive team right away but from a scheme standpoint a play calling standpoint I like where the Giants are right now that's why I'm so excited to watch these preseason games and see what type of offensive plays they're going to call not that they'll show everything in the preseason but just compared to what we've seen the past two years from Jason Garrett's offense compared to this which is a mixture of that Bills offense and the Chiefs offense like a perfect mixture making a perfect baby if you want to put it like that I don't know why I put it like that but you know what I mean it's going to be a perfect mixture in my opinion those are great offenses but the Giants of course they don't have a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes or a Tyree Kill or a Travis Kelsey or Stephon Diggs it, the talent might not be there right away but there are pieces to this offense that I really am excited for Kadarius Tony being one of them he had that great catch in the end zone a back shoulder throw he caught it over Aaron Robinson we've seen some good Wandale Robinson highlights so far not so much from Kenny Galladay but Saquon Barkley 
looks good. Like, there are some encouraging highlights and some very encouraging players on this Giants team. Now, will Saquon and Galladay be here next year? I don't know about that. But for right now, at least... It's looking encouraging based on some of the weapons for this offense. Now on to the defensive side of the ball. We're going to go like by player here and kind of like which players are in the headlines. And Darnay Holmes is one of those guys. Darnay Holmes was a fourth round pick, I believe, at a UCLA back in 2020. And I had high hopes for him. Like I was so happy when the Giants took him. He was one of those guys that I wanted. I thought he'd be a perfect slot corner. And he showed some positive signs his rookie year. And then just last year in 2021, kind of just fell out of good graces with the coaching staff. I'm not, not really sure why. And he's battled some injuries in the past. But Darnay Holmes, in my opinion, is going to give Cordell Flott a run for his money. When Flott was taken in the third round this past draft for the new regime, he was going to have the upper hand because Darnay Holmes was a part of the last regime. But Darnay has made some awesome plays in camp. There was that play where Saquon Barkley was running an out at the goal line, and I think Daniel Jones threw it too far inside, or maybe there was a miscommunication. I don't know. But Darnay Holmes just dove and made the catch and intercepted the ball at the goal line, so that was a great play. There was a play where Darnay Holmes blew up a screen pass and took it back for six. Like He has been such a good player on defense so far, making game-changing plays. I know it's training camp, but still, he had a play where he um, forced a fumble on Saquon Barkley. We know Barkley never fumbles, so that was very impressive. So, look, Darnay Holmes is one of those guys that I'm going to root for. And, of course, he's a giant, so you're going to root for him anyway. But, like, he was one of those guys that I really thought had a chance to be a very, very good slot corner in the NFL. So, I know his first two years during the Joe Judge era did not go as well as he probably wanted it to. But now he seems healthy, seems motivated, maybe is a perfect scheme fit for this uh, Don Martindale defense. So, we'll see if he can hold off. Cordell Flop, but so far encouraging signs for Darnay Holmes, who's barely 24 years old still, so still a young guy. Here's one I'm excited for. There's also some, there's good news and bad news with this one. I'll put it that way. So Andrew Adams was signed by the Giants. Andrew Adams was the Giants' safety back in 2016. And a guy that I really liked, like, I don't know why Dave Gettleman gave up on him right away. Like, Gettleman came in and just cut the guy for, like, no reason it seemed like. Did the same thing to uh, Romeo Aquara, too, but we're not going to talk about that. But anyway, so Andrew Adams was a guy I was a fan of. I did not want to see him go. He went off to Tampa, played a lot of special teams. He played a good amount of snaps on defense his first couple years in Tampa, but the last two years, not as much. But didn't win a Super Bowl with them in 2020, so he has that experience. But yeah, when he was next to Landon Collins in 2016, filling in for someone that was injured. I forget who the starting safety was supposed to be that year. It was Darian Thompson and Nat Burhe. Those are some uh, names from the past right there. I always wanted Nat Burhe to work out. He had that great hit on uh, Ezekiel Elliott back in uh, Zeke's first game, I think it was, 2016. But anyway, Andrew Adams is definitely good insurance, and that's already paying off because the bad news to this was Dane Belton, the fourth-round rookie out of Iowa, safety, broke his collarbone, and he might be out until, like, up to the first week of the season. He might miss some games this year. We'll see how that goes, but very unfortunate. I think Dane Belton had a chance and still has a chance, of course. It's not like a season-ending injury, but this, of course, will hurt his chances. Being a fourth-round rookie, has to earn his playing time back, so... It's not where you want to be right now if you're in Dane Belton's shoes, but I guess it could have been worse. But yeah, the Giants may have to go into the season now with Andrew Adams next to Xavier McKinney. And of course, Julian Love could be that guy too. We'll see how the safety tandem uh, plays out there. But right now, if I had to guess, I would say... 
They probably still lean Julian Love, but I don't know because Andrew Adams was signed by this regime. He does have experience with the Giants. I mean, we'll see how it plays out, but I, I think right now that spot's kind of up for grabs between Julian Love and Andrew Adams, but I'm happy he's back. Like, he was not given a fair chance in my opinion. Like, he played well in 2016. He started 13 games for them. He was not supposed to be in the rotation whatsoever. He was an undrafted free agent, so, you know, to play, I, I know that Landon Collins stole the spotlight that year because he was, like, in the running for defensive player of the year, but, like, Andrew Adams definitely held his own that year, so I'm happy he's back and now gets a chance to maybe start again for the Giants five or six years later. This one was pretty cool and very unexpected. Nick Gates could return sooner than expected, according to Joe Shane. I don't think there's a timeline on that one, but my goodness, like if Nick Gates is able to return at any point this year, it'll be very impressive. There are people questioning whether he can make a return at all during his career, so if he can do it like just less than a year later or maybe a little over a year later like that would be incredible for him every Giants fan's pulling for this guy he's very tough and honestly he was a decent center for us so if he can come back and like maybe be that starter once again I don't have the highest expectations because coming off a devastating injury like that it's hard to expect the guy to be great in his first year back but you never know but that is awesome news and speaking of the Giants center position this one was a bit surprising Shane Lemieux has been getting reps at center I believe John Feliciano has been out the last couple days in training camp because of like dehydration or something like that so right now it's it's a lot of Shane Lemieux playing center, and according to reports, he's playing well, and I really did not have any expectations whatsoever for Shane Lemieux, so that's my fault, but like, I really did not expect much from the guy, but if he can come in here and be the starting center for this team and just outplay John Feliciano, which shouldn't be the hardest thing in the world, but if he can do that, that would be awesome. The Giants, of course, still have their left guard question marks. Maybe Lemieux can go to left guard. Maybe it'll be Joshua Izudo who's been getting some playing time as well. We'll see how that plays out, but to see that Lemieux has been playing at center and playing well, it's very encouraging. Saquon Barkley looks more explosive. They're using him more in the passing game. He had that um, angle route touchdown catch I saw in the first training camp days so I mean this could be the year for Saquon I'm definitely skeptical that we'll ever see the 2018 version of Saquon ever again but I think the guy might have a big year it's a contract year and I think right now I'm definitely comparing this to fantasy football but like Saquon's like a, a mid-second round pick in fantasy football it seems like a steal to me right now I would definitely take him earlier than that so yeah I mean I think Saquon might have a big year for this team he might get 50 to 70 catches he probably should rush for over 1200 yards assuming he plays most games he might have over 500 receiving yards and score double digit touchdowns like I'm excited for him I think Saquon may have a big year of course he might have a big first half and get traded depending on the Giants record we'll see how that plays out I know with Joe Shane and his positional value philosophy I don't think he really necessarily wants to keep Saquon Barkley and sign him to a big contract, so we'll see if he is dealt, but Saquon playing well is the best thing for the Giants because, you know, whether the Giants move on from him and he signs elsewhere, they'll get a better comp pick because they'll get more money, but if he is playing well and the Giants do trade him in the middle of this 2022 season, they will get more assets as compared to if he was playing bad. Now, I know you're not going to get the most assets in the world for a running back on a contract year I mean the most they might get for Saquon is like a fourth or a fifth round pick but still it's better than getting like a conditional seventh round pick or something like that this was an interesting nugget today I know he made a transition to being a, a Jets beat writer I saw but Zach Rosenblatt did say Quan Alexander had interest from the Giants 
I don't know what the connection is there. I know Quan played for the Niners. He played for the Saints in 2020. And he played for the, of course, Buccaneers. So I don't know what the connection is with the coaching staff. Or maybe Joe Shane just liked him. I don't know. But I saw he's still just 27 years old. I was like, wow, I was very surprised by that. I thought he was like 29, 30 by now. But yeah, Quan Alexander is still 27. Um, but yeah, maybe that is some type of clue that like maybe Blake Martinez is not rehabbing the way they want him to. I thought he was doing fine. That's what I heard. So I'm not expecting him to miss any games. But, like, I don't know why the Giants would be in the linebacker market. I mean, they definitely could improve. It's not like the uh, the depth behind um, Martinez is anything great. But, yeah, Quan Alexander would have been exciting for the Giants. But, unfortunately, he went to the Jets. Kayvon Thibodeau has been having some positive reviews so far. I've seen videos of him getting to the quarterback. So, of course, you love seeing that from your fifth overall pick. And, you know, hopefully Kayvon has a uh, at least a decent year, seven, eight sacks, a lot of quarterback pressures, plays the run well, but I'm excited for him for sure. His other running mate, Aziz Ojalari, has the hamstring issue right now. Hopefully the Giants are smart about that. It seems like they are so far, so you don't want that to pop up throughout the season. So hopefully they take it easy with Aziz Ojalari. And now time for El Questions. I don't know if that's how you say it, but anyway, the questions. Ray Sosa, even with the limited cap space this offseason, who do you think was the most underrated addition this offseason? And will you do the Pick'em shows with Andrew this season? Once again, keep up the awesome work. Mike, thank you, Ray. So let's get the Andrew part out of the way. So he's starting college this year. We have not talked about it yet. At worst, you'll have the Pick'em shows with just me. I think he'll still send his picks in, but I don't know what his schedule is like. He's also working for a media company right now, too. So I'm sure the guy has no time for me. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. He'll definitely uh, do the picks. I just don't know if he'll be on the show, but we'll definitely have his picks and I'll, you know, talk about the games. So anyway, my most underrated offseason addition. I know it's not popular, but give me Tyrod Taylor. You look at Daniel Jones's career, he has not made it through a full season in four straight years. If you include his last year at Duke, his rookie season, his second season, and his third NFL season last year, he has missed, you know, multiple games every year. So to have a good backup, we saw what not having a good backup last year did to the Giants, having to settle for Mike Glennon and uh, Jake Fromm. I know that you look at the contract, two years, $11 million, and it's hard to get out of. It's not like the most team-friendly deal for Tyrod Taylor, but he's a guy still in his early 30s, and he's a competent backup quarterback. Like, if he was a starter, he would definitely be one of those bottom-tier starters, but still, like, the guy can still play at a pretty decently high level. He's gotten a pretty unfair shake the past few years based on how the Baker Mayfield situation went, the Justin Herbert situation went. So, yeah, Tyrod Taylor's been given a raw deal. But in the event Daniel Jones misses games, which is definitely possible, we've seen it now with the Giants now. He missed almost half of last year. He missed four games as a rookie, and then he missed games in 2020 with his hamstring issue. Daniel Jones, whether it's due to injury or maybe poor performance and not grasping the offense as quickly as Brian Dable would want him to, um, he may see the bench at some point this year. And Tyrod Taylor is a competent enough backup to be like, all right, we're not going to lose too much here. So the Giants, I think, made a responsible decision. And look, we all know in all likelihood, Joe Shane and Brian Dable are going to want to find their own quarterback. Like Daniel Jones was here before they got here. And assuming that Daniel Jones does not set the world on fire this year, they may draft a quarterback next year. And let's say the Giants do draft a quarterback next year in the first round or trade up for a quarterback in the first round. They have a mentor already under contract 
for next year with Tyrod Taylor. Yes, he's going to be making almost $7 million next year. That's a bit pricey for a backup quarterback, but in that event, you would already have the quarterback on a rookie deal. So you're not really spending that much on the quarterback position in general. I think that was a responsible decision by the Giants, not just for this year, but for next year as well, assuming they draft a quarterback in next year's draft. So I like the Tyrod Taylor move. Next question from Jason. Daniel Jones has apparently not looked great so far. Do you think his play is the product of a potentially improved defense? Jones just not being good or somewhere in the middle. Also, do you see Jones being pulled for Tyrod Taylor if he starts playing bad in season? In that case, his Giants career is pretty much over. That's, yeah, that's correct. So anyway, the first part of that. So why would Daniel Jones struggle in training camp? I mean, it's probably a mixture of a lot of things. You have to factor in the new offense and even his weapons being adapting to a new offense here. So you have that. You have Don Martindale being a very aggressive defensive coordinator, probably making Daniel Jones have to make quick decisions, you know, faster than he wants to right now. So, you know, it could be a mixture of all that. And look, Daniel Jones has shown in the past he's inconsistent, sometimes is not the most accurate, sometimes puts the ball in harm's way. So none of this is really a surprise. Like, I think most people expected the offense to have a bit of a slow start. I'm not panicking yet. Obviously, you would like to see Daniel Jones is lighting up practice and looking fantastic, but... It has not happened just yet, but you know, if we get through like the first couple weeks of preseason and like Daniel Jones is still not looking good, then I'll be a bit concerned. But for right now, at least it's like, hey, it's early. Let's just see how it plays out. Do I think Tyrod replaces Daniel Jones at some point this year? I could see it. I don't want to sit here and predict it because then, of course, the Daniel Jones army will be like, oh, you're a hater. You want that to happen. So, no, I'm not going to sit here and say that, but it would not be too surprising. I think based on what we've seen from, I'll put it this way. If Daniel Jones plays like he has the past two years and does that again this year, he will be pulled for Tyrod Taylor. He has to improve. I think he will improve. It depends by how much he does improve. But if Daniel Jones looks anywhere like he did in 2020 or 2021, he will be pulled for Tyrod Taylor and sooner than later if it's that bad. So I will say that. Next from Dave, do you think Giants fans are too quick to latch on to Coach Dable? We all latched on to Judge with the mud scramble two years ago, and now we're doing the same thing with Dable playing. Kadarius Tony's music is it too soon to get attached or does Dable have the credibility for this to pass this is like a yes and no type answer no Dable does not have the credibility to like just get a uh, a free pass but Dable does bring a different vibe than Joe Judge I mentioned that on top of the you know when the show first started I'm like look I get a different vibe with Dable as compared to Joe Judge this is not some robotic guy who is treating his players like high school football players this is a guy in Brian Dable who is very personable, builds connection with players, has at least a resume of having a good offense for four years in Buffalo. I mean, what the hell did Joe Judge do? He had a good special teams and Bill Belichick thought highly of him. All right, so what? You know, at least Brian Dable has a resume of like, okay, this guy has put up good numbers offensively in the NFL for multiple years. So no, I don't look at like Brian Dable playing Kadarius Tony's music as like, oh my God, I love him so much, even though that is, that's cool for Kadarius Tony and I think that his teammates liked it as well. But that's not really what I cared about. It's just more of like the vibe. It's like you look at Brian Dable and what he brings to this team and how the players look at him as compared to Joe Judge. I think the 
players in the Joe Judge regime were probably afraid to screw up because they did not want to run laps and all that crap. Like, at least with Brian Dable, yes, he's going to yell at you if you're doing something wrong continuously or you're just not paying attention and things like that. But players now are not afraid to screw up. They're playing more free and playing more confident. With Joe Judge, they were probably afraid to do anything wrong because if they did, they would be put to the bottom of the depth chart or, you know, you know, be yelled at or have to run laps for a bunch of hours. So, yeah, I just think with Brian Dable, these players are more loose and more relaxed, but in a good way. Not relaxed like they're going to just chill and not care about performing this year, but like more relaxed of like being able to play at their full potential and not be afraid to make mistakes, which is kind of how it went with Joe Judge. So, Look, you are right in a sense. Brian Dable has accomplished nothing in this league. His record is 0-0. Zero and zero. He might go 2-15 and 15 this year, and we might want to have this guy fired. You never know. But right now, at least, I feel good about Dable, and I think once he gets his quarterback and once he gets the talent around him offensively, he'll be fine. But being a coordinator as compared to a head coach is different. We know that. Looking back at Pat Shermer, the guy can call plays but couldn't coach a team. I don't get that feeling with Dable. I would be surprised if he's not here for a while. I think, you know, obviously coaching spans don't last too long in the NFL, but I think Dable and Shane will be here for at least the next three years. I would be surprised if it went south like that quickly. So I I think they will be here for a while. I think the last two head coaches, them being tied to Dave Gettleman was just the nail in the coffin for them. They had no chance whatsoever with that type of GM. At least Joe Shane has showed us he has a plan. He did not spend recklessly this offseason. He's building the team for the future. So the Giants are moving in the right direction in that regard. So right now, I am buying the Brian Dable stock. I am excited about him. But yes, I did feel the same way about Joe Judge, I will say. Um, last one from Elena. Mikey TN, Jets greater sign Giants. She'll, she always does this crap. I mean, look, let's be honest. The Jets and Giants, they might both be uh, six-win teams this year, five-win teams this year. None of us are winning this year. It's, it's it's pretty unfortunate. But one day, hopefully, we get to see the Giants and Jets competitive at the same time. That'll be fun for us. So anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the video. As I said, it's been a while since I did a Giants video, but um, wanted to get one out because training camps, uh, it's here. I'm starting to like feel like football's coming back. It's exciting. I'm doing my fantasy football research and all that good crap. So it'll be here before we know it. I'm definitely excited for the preseason. That's going to be here August 11th against the Patriots. I might live stream that game. We'll see. If you guys want me to stream that game, let me know because I definitely will be watching that one. It's a Thursday afternoon. Hopefully I can get off work Friday. We'll see. But anyway, yeah, we'll find out what happens. But if you want me to stream that game, let me know. Hopefully you guys enjoy the video and I'll talk to you guys next time.